1: Welcome into the Seminole Rap Podcast here on the Tomahawk Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Pellerin, here with writer and softball beat reporter Gwen Rhodes for another FSU softball episode of the show. Surprisingly, uh, I I think it's going to be our last uh, softball episode of the show for at least a while. I I don't know if I should really say think anymore. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, The Seminoles kind of unceremoniously bounced from the NCAA tournament after a pair of losses that... I think I think a lot of people in this fan base and program are probably still stunned by e- even here on uh, we're recording this Monday afternoon. So uh, even then, it, it, it's uh, Mississippi State claims to and gets to head on to the Super Regionals. It's Florida State who sees their season end. Uh, that led to a pretty emotional press conference last night from the team. We'll, we'll get to all of that. But, uh, Gwen, I, I think the place to start with this is is I know it's very shocking. But if you sat down and looked at how this weekend really started, it was the outstanding beginning that you wanted to see. They look like the dominant team you expected. Uh, They even caught a couple of breaks with uh, Georgina not starting for USF, Mississippi State, and USF playing late at night Saturday, early games on Sunday. I mean, I I think if you woke up Sunday morning, you were like, this is exactly what we would have expected and could have asked for.
0: Yeah, it really started off when Danielle threw that um, no-hitter against Howard and then you're like, okay, this is the team that's going to make it past Supers into Oklahoma City. And then we, like you said, we caught the break against not getting Georgina. In that, <clears throat> Like, while I think we still could have beaten USF, it was a really big break. Um, and who knows, maybe that game could have gone seven innings instead of five. But yeah, and you wake up on Sunday and you're like, okay, we know Mississippi State is better than the other two teams. But I guess you just really don't know how much better they actually are. Um and I guess it's just one of those things in sports where it's like they had their day and FSU didn't, and FSU had the last two days. And unfortunately, it was a bad day to have a bad day.
1: Yeah, I, I, and a very uncharacteristic day at that. I mean, you you know, if you look at the schedule, it, it's, they only had one loss on, on the road. But I mean, only four losses on the season at home. And you're, you know, you pick up two in the same day. I mean, I think, and, I, and I'll, I'll kind of parrot what I think you said in the group earlier was, you know the first game kind of felt like okay we still have a second one I think we're good here let's just get ready for the second one and and they jumped out quick and and had that 3-0 lead and then it just felt like I I don't know that they I mean they got singled to death basically in that inning Mm -hmm. but it was I, I I don't know it was very different to and I don't want to compare it to the the ACC championship game but it felt like in that one you were going to get the big hit and this one felt almost like you knew like the season was on the line type of pressure in it did you do you kind of feel the same way on that one
0: yeah I think I, I agree and like the first game you know I don't know who's listening to this that was there but like just watching from home you can tell that there wasn't much energy to the team and like they just weren't like seemingly p- playing for a lot Um and then the second game you know you come out and Mudge hits a triple and then Sid hits a two-run bomb and he and you watch her around the bases and it's like this team is going to win the game because they have a lot different energy than they had the first game and they know what's on the line now.
1: Was there anything you think in hindsight, the team wishes they could have done different? I think the energy level is something you can say, you know, they, we, everything just went so well for us. We'll show up on Sunday and take care of our business and move on. So maybe energy level is something. But, but is there anything, I guess, in the way the game un, un, unfolded that you think could be different?
0: Um, I think the big one is Devin Flaherty leaving uh, early twice. She got caught for it twice. And the second time was probably the biggest time. Um, It was right before Janai hit um, her double that would have had two runners in scoring position. And I think we were down at that time. Um, And I think that's something like fans want back that the team wants back and definitely Devin wants back as well. I think, Do I think that could, that is like the game decider? No. Do I think Mac being overturned safe at first is the game decider? No. Like ultimately they, you know, should have come up different. Like they should have adjusted. Like that's what probably what they expected themselves as well. You can't like blame it all on the umps or whatever. But um, I think those were two points in the game where it's like, okay, this is going to be a lot harder than we thought. And we want those back.
1: I I guess um you out hit them. So I mm-hmm. I don't think you there's, you know, it's not like there were errors. I, I don't I, I so I'm trying to I guess the better way to frame this question, and I, and I don't want to even make it just like a Brian throws questions at Gwen session, but the I, I guess when you look at a, a frustrating, surprising type loss, and, and and the thought that goes back to my head that over the last 24 hours has been the uh, Jacksonville State game when I, when I did, we did this sem- this seminal rap podcast after that and it felt like everyone was quick to point fingers and well we should yeah. have done that we should have done this and this would have just almost felt like um, you know that that wasn't the reaction it was very positive and 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 everyone was kind of supportive of the team because the the fan base around it is obviously different than football but mm-hmm. the. There's like you said, there's not a moment where I think this this group really could look at it and say like, oh, we really, we really blew it. Right. You know, I think it was just too, especially the second one where you out hit them and and it felt like you had the chances to win it and just couldn't quite get it done. It's a, it's a it's a weird. It's not like you know, oh well, if Brownlee just makes the tackle, they win the game. It's like what, I you know, it's hard to really put it on where you could even say oh, that was the failure. They just didn't right. have that. It's just a couple of singles just found grass.
0: Yeah. And I look like, like those things like softball and like many other sports is a game of failure. So it's like, yeah. we just happened to fail one too many times yesterday and Mississippi State capitalized on those failures or those like mental mistakes or whatever you want to call it. And that's just how the cookie crumbles, I guess.
1: Yeah. And on the day, it couldn't happen because I guess if you do that on on Saturday and, and you have that game, you, you still get your your chances. And uh, happening on Sunday, you kind of get the I mean, obviously, you got the second game, but it's that it's because it's the regional style where it's basically back to back. It's like, OK, great. Drop the balls and do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it becomes a lot harder and, and the pressure ratchets up real fast. Uh, obviously like I talked about very surprising and it led to that press conference yesterday, a lot of, lots of tears in that one. Uh, um, I, almost surreal. I don't, I don't know the right word for it. It was, it's tough to watch, you know, it, it, first of all, you know, uh, hats off to them for, for being able to go up there and, and answer those questions. That's a level of maturity that, um, you know, it, it's impressive and, and I think everyone should should be happy with, but um. You know, it just shows how much they care. You know, they yeah. they really wanted to to win this and, and finish off this special season.
0: And I think it kind of attests to like if you watch the press conference and you heard Sydney Sherrill speak like in cat speak, like it kind of attests to the culture that coaches built around the program. And like you know, players want to stay for that extra COVID year and and like players are comfortable with their spot on the team. If it's not a starting role, like coming off the bench or getting so many designated hitter spots, like coach puts the people first. And like, I think Sydney really spoke to that um, in her press conference as well.
1: Was there anything that, that anyone said that really stood out to you more, more so? I, I mean, I, you know, watching it earlier, you could just see them all just constantly reaching towards their eyes. And, and I thought, I thought Sydney held, held it together pretty well, but <laughs> Not that it's, like, emotion shopping or anything, but, you know, it was, um, it's hard. I mean, it's just hard to watch.
0: Yeah, and, like, if you're someone that's been following the team, like, really closely since the national championship or before, like, you know that Sydney's the last remaining member of that team. And, I like, putting aside, like, her accolades, she's the last person on that team that was on the national championship team and, like, such a big moment in the program. It kind of hurts, obviously, for us, and it obviously hurts for Sydney as well, Um, and and just kind of, like, promotes the fact, like, how important she was to the team, like, not saying the team will be bad when she leaves, but it just really shows that she was kind of the leader on the team, and, like, part of the reason why we um, got so far in the postseason.
1: Yeah, and I, I thought it was also very classy the way they seemed to handle it in, in terms of, you know, Coach on on Twitter. And you got that right that time, right? Coach, how about that? Yeah, thanks, Gwen. Yeah. You taught me so many things. Uh, <laughs> the The way she was able to, you know, hats off, Mississippi State. Good yeah. luck. You know, you came out and, and you earned it. You came from the loser's bracket and took it. I. I it says a lot about a program where you can be – I'm trying. I don't want to say gatekeeper, but almost like, hey, you know, it's not our turn. Good luck to you guys. Go get it. And and to be in that power position. I mean, it just it it says a lot for where the program is. Mm-hmm. Where that type of or you or you can feel like when she says it it means something. It matters. It, it's you know, it's not just like a a casual throwaway team building. Good luck, guys, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think Kocha really like she's obviously been around the sport for a long time she's been at fsu for a really long time and she like knows the value of the sport and she knows that it's growing and like you don't want to bash your opponents or or you don't want to like root against them or you don't want to like say negative things about them even though they beat you twice in a day to like make it farther in the postseason than you did it's really about like growing the sport and like just being good people to each other i think that's what coach really drives every day like personally and with the team as well
1: well to to her her mission to continue growing the sport i do want to pick your brain about these super regionals coming up in a bit but i do want to start and keep it on this team and this program with with where they are now obviously like you mentioned some losses coming what does this team look like going forward what are the holes what what do we need to see here
0: Um, I think maybe the biggest question is obviously who fills Sid's spot at third. I think maybe you can get a couple different answers from depending on who you ask. I think, you know, either Christina Hartley, who's been a freshman this year, she's gotten some time over there or Brooke or Josie, or maybe even Devin. I'm not sure exactly what Devin's arm is like, but Sid moved from second to third when she, when Jesse Warren left. So who knows? Um, I think that's probably the biggest question. And then also how you fill Danielle Watson's spot. We have Allie Dubois coming off red shirt. <clears throat> um, she transferred in from Boston University and she was their ace. Like she was the best pitcher, not only at Boston, but in the conference. Um, so we have her coming off red shirt. And then we have two really good freshman pitchers coming in as well. So I think It's gonna be a battle to see who takes that number two spot and like who fills the number three spot. Like maybe Mac goes to number two. Like who knows?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's still very fresh. Um, so obviously a lot of time. I'm I'm fall ball and all the things to still come back around. So there's a lot of time for growth and new people to emerge. Is it transfer portal? Is it you know Mm -hmm. who knows? Um, but it this is a type of team who who can be back. To this very competitive level um, in short order I I, I don't think it's it's a team that's like well this was the window obviously you you know your leaders are leaving but I don't think that means the program is completely finished obviously it's not completely finished but (laughs)
0: yeah I agree yeah I it's last year was a big surprise to some people because we just like weren't that good offensively and just So many like we just weren't putting up power numbers. And then we come out this year and it's like, okay, this is such a change, but like we're also back to where we needed to be. And I think, you know, it was only a little blip last year, if you even want to call making National Runner up a little blip. Um, but I guess how you got there. Um I think this team kind of sets the precedent going forward because if we look back in 2018, like the team before that in 2017, that was a stacked team. They should have made the championship series but they didn't and then the team next year came out and won it so i think this year is a good building year um and a a learning lesson if you will for next year's team
1: yeah i I think it's a it's a good point from you there is is it's last year's team had had a very obvious weakness where this team obviously didn't have quite that but it's Mm -hmm. that same level of um you don't have to be the greatest team in the world or, or the 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 you know have individual star talents to be a team that can be impactful. I mean, look, just looking at last year's team, where you really didn't have the bats to be you know mm-hmm. the best team ever, but you were right there and, and and even challenged Oklahoma, who, as we talked about, I think last week, it's just, I, I I don't know how you touch Oklahoma, but you know you were right there to compete with them. So yeah. you don't have to be that far out in this in this sport. Um, anything else on this team you really want to touch on before we move on?
0: Um, I I kind of touched on a little bit last week when we talked about like who shined at the ACC uh, championship, but I, I just think Devin Flaherty this entire year has been so under the radar. Like yeah, of course now she's getting picked apart or whatever because of her mistakes from this last two games, but I think no one really talked about Devin Flaherty this entire year. Like she was so consistent and like she wasn't putting up big power numbers, but like she would hit a home run. I think she had like nine on the season now. Um, and I think she really came up big at second base. like practically every ground ball cat hits goes to Devon. Um, and she is a big part of the reason why we're the number one fielding defense in the country.
1: Yeah, I think I have her stats here. It's uh, 355, mm-hmm. 45 runs, 12 doubles, two triples, and looks like six home runs. Going
0: going into the regional, I believe Devin was leading the team in batting average so that no one talked about that until this weekend, which I think is absolutely crazy.
1: Yeah. It's hard to go under the radar with that, but I guess Mm -hmm. when you guess when you're surrounded by so many, um, outstanding players, it's, it's, I don't want to say easy, but it's, it's a little easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that type of growth can, can be something if she continues to develop, um, Mm -hmm. to to broaden it out to beyond uh fsu and then help growing the game and and i have to imagine if you're a fsu softball fan you're you're probably going to continue to watch softball here to the end of the year it it just seems like that's that's the type of sport this soft that softball has become um i did want to pick your brain on these super regionals um we had a couple of upsets especially in in i guess our our bracket Uh, where Missouri I believe it was Missouri right didn't get out of the regional it's Arizona who gets through um so Mississippi State who who obviously knocked us out ends up hosting Arizona this weekend uh anything else that really jumped out to you from the weekend that was surprising I know Virginia Tech looked like they were um hang on by a thread in the loser's bracket for a while. Uh, I think it was, was it ball state that had them down in the, uh, towards the end of their game on Saturday, Miami, Miami, Ohio, I was picking the wrong Ohio school. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, anything else that stood out to you?
0: I think if you're a softball fan, you really, you watched and you were on the edge of your seat, kind of waiting to see if Alabama was going to make it out of the super regional. And I, I, Don't know how to feel about that, to be honest. Like, I'm really excited for Stanford. I'm excited that it's, like, adding to the parity in the sport that, like, someone else is winning it. But it's also, like, a national title contender team lost at home, just like we did. And that kind of sucks. But I think Stanford really showed out. Like, they lost their first um, game to Alabama in the regional final, and they came back and won. And they – Did what it took it. I don't know if you watched the Alabama game, the first one, but it was tied zero zero in like the sixth inning Stanford had the bases loaded and Stanford stole home and it was reviewed on an obstruction call that was that stood as obstruction, which it was, no, it stood as not obstruction, sorry, but it was not obstruction. Um, And she should have been safe, but Alabama went on to win that game. Um, They took that momentum into the um, second game Stanford did and they're like, we're going to beat Alabama. And they beat Alabama at home, which I think is absolutely insane. And then obviously I don't think you can talk about supers without talking about UCF. I think they kind of flew under the radar, um, this regional because now they get to go play Oklahoma. So that's, that's really fun for them.
1: Good luck. Yeah.
0: Good luck UCF. But I think it's really exciting for their programs. The first time they ever, uh, hosted a regional and now it's the first time they're going to go play in a super regional. And I think, I hope at least they put up at least a really good fight against Oklahoma. I know they have one good pitcher and I think Kema Woodall who's their second pitcher is really um, peaking at the right time as well.
1: I've been trying as you were talking I was trying my hardest to find this this play at the plate on Twitter. I'm searching Stanford tweets Stanford know if they obstruction. Posted a video about it. Yeah. I'm like somebody on the internet needs to be upset, right? Come on. <laughs> Anybody. I I can't find it. The one thing was the uh, the UCF regional was was weather Mm -hmm. impacted quite a bit. I I saw some people complain that Michigan had a uh, I don't even I don't know how far much further Michigan even made it, but they had a chance to. It was like they had to win like four games in one day if they were going to try to get out the regional. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, that's kind of that's that's a tough draw. But I, I mean, the format of these this the softball and baseball postseason is there's just not a lot of time if yeah. weather's going to play a big factor, I mean, you kind of just have to do it that way. And it's, I mean, a lot of these early season tournaments kind of end up being that way where they're playing two and three games uh, during the day. Right. I think yeah. the, uh, the St. Pete one. And uh, just cause I know that one's down the road from me here in Tampa. Um, yeah. I think Oklahoma UCF will be fun. I, I'm, I'm curious if UCF can compete. I don't know, man. It's so hard to even say that cause um, Oklahoma is just so good. Um, yeah. It's it's otherworldly, uh, what they've been able to do. Uh, it looks like – the I mean, the Pac-12 uh, had a good showing this weekend. Mm-hmm. They've got – what is it? One, two, three – is it four, if I'm counting that right? I know it's
0: Stanford, UCLA, and Arizona State. I don't know. If
1: Oregon any, State.
0: Oh, yeah, Oregon State. That's another big one. Oregon State beat Tennessee twice to win the Knoxville Regional, which I think is pretty great for Oregon State. I was kind of rooting for them in the Pac-12.
1: Yeah, it, it seems like the Pac-12 really – really performed well at the, um, I guess, looking around, I assume it looks like the SEC probably didn't perform as well. Cause I only see one. Two, I know, I know. I like we've talked about before I went to LSU and I'm pretty confident that LSU's coach might've coached her last game for the school this weekend. Uh, it just seems like the SEC really didn't bring it then.
0: No. Yeah. I think that's so interesting because back in the day it was like softball was ruled by the PAC 12 and, today it's ruled by the sec and i think it's really interesting that four pac-12 teams um have come up and beaten sec teams i think you can either think that's the parody of the sport or you can think oh the pac-12 has had a down i've heard some people say the pac-12 has had a down year yeah um, because like ucla like wasn't as good and like washington wasn't as good but i think i think the pac-12 is as strong as it needs to be right now and i think it's a good thing for the pac 12 that ucla and washington aren't dominating the league
1: yeah and if we're going to talk conferences i feel like i I do have to to look at the acc i mean obviously florida state had the result they did and then if you look at um as we mentioned miami ohio had uh had virginia tech on the ropes there for a while at home um i i think duke did get through if i was just looking at that right um how how do you think that the the ACC performed relative to what maybe we had expected? I saw Clemson also got through as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the I think the ACC did really well. Um, Georgia Tech they didn't get to the regional final against Florida. They lost to yeah, Wisconsin, have- but they were a walk off walk away from getting into the regional final. So I think that's a big milestone for them as well. But I think the ACC as a whole, like you have two teams that are in less than five or less years of experience and they're going to super regionals. I think that's absolutely insane. And then Virginia tech, like they're not a new program, but they're, they have a relatively new coach like within the last couple of years. And I think what he's gotten Virginia tech too is absolutely outstanding.
1: And I had, we had talked about last week, the, uh, the Clemson regional was looking pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, Auburn is at UNCW and I forget the third school that was there. Louisiana. Oh yes. UL. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they, to come through there and Virginia Tech, I i don't know. I put on that Virginia Tech game on Saturday night and I just fully was just like, I don't think they're losing. And almost immediately it was like ball over the wall, off the wall, over the home run again. And I was like, OK, so that that answered that quickly. Um, you know, it's just impressive what what that program has been able to do. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts before we, we kind of I guess I, I got to push you for a champion, right? That's the only way this ends. That's the only way these podcasts are supposed to end. Um, I guess the answer, I'm going to steal Oklahoma from you. I'm going to make you pick someone besides Oklahoma.
0: Okay. um, Who could surprise. I wasn't going to pick Oklahoma anyway. I I think Arkansas is my answer because they won the SEC regular season. They won the tournament and they didn't lose a series at all this season. So I think they're in a, I don't think they lost in the regional either, but I think they're in a really good spot and they are really hungry and they have a lot of different aspects of the game, like speed, power, pitching, that can really propel them far.
1: Well, you heard it. So Arkansas, a, a team to watch on, on the uh, championship run here to Oklahoma city. Uh It's been fun. Um, if, if you pop around, you've got other interests. Let me know. We'll more than happy to have you back on the show. Um, sad to see it go so quick. I, I feel like, yeah, I was, uh, I was learning softball stuff here and we were, we were getting much better. I mean, I even got coach a to coach. Ah, how about that? What a growth by me. I'll even say it less clunky than that next time. But yeah, um, yeah. Again, just a, a stunning surprise to see the season end so soon, but um, I think you still have to be proud of the, the growth the program has seen and the fan base mm-hmm. they've been able to build. It, it's it's a testament and it's, it's it's impressive.
0: Yeah, and I will say, like before we sign off, that a couple of the players, like not you know, Kat or Sid or Michaela, like they're gonna play a couple like. Um, I can't even think of the word. A couple of the non-starters are playing in collegiate summer ball, kind of like baseball has. So that's a growing opportunity. Michaela was in it last year and look where she is now. Like it's obviously really helpful for them. (laughs) So I think for those players that are playing in it, and I'll have an article about that later on, but I think you can be really excited that they're getting more growth opportunities throughout the summer and not just in fall ball or before spring starts.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, I, I think being able to watch that through the year and, you know, who knows what the next year entails um, for either of us, but you know, if there's an interest and, and and you guys enjoyed this, let us know, you know, maybe it's something Glenn and I can look at next year. It's an every other week thing or, or whatever. If, if this interests you, let us know. We'll be more than happy to talk it over and see if it's something that fits in our schedules. I mean, again, we're talking a year from now, so who knows, <laughs> but uh, I think you guys have been receptive to it so far. Glenn, I appreciate you joining us and, and making us smarter on everything softball. And, uh, obviously, the people have loved your work throughout the year, and the comments on on the articles have been nothing but glowing. So, great job, and, and thanks for the help. Thank you. Yeah, that's a wrap.